Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from our special guest. So I'm going to let you sit if you don't go to sleep. How's that? Thank you, sir. And if somebody could bring my... I, no, I don't need that. But I need my Bible, though. Can you thank you? I might not need it. I probably could just preach without it. But as long as I've been doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How's everybody? I'm good. Thanks for asking. It's good to see all of you. Glad you're here. I continue to remember Pastor AJ and Crystal and the family. They're doing better. They'll be here Sunday, uh, but it just worked out. I was going to be here anyway, and I guess he just decided it was time to get sick. So uh, it's worked out well. I was in at our Craneville campus last week, here tonight at Adamsville next week, and then sometime in February at our Dyersburg campus. So. They don't let me sit around much. They know I get in trouble too easily. So, but anyway, hey, let's, let me just share two or three things with you. Last year, Love and Truth Church gave to missions $1.1 million campus-wide. Now, that's pretty exciting to me, to be able to give away over a million. And while we did that, uh, we we paid off two of our campuses and uh, we're within striking distance of having every campus debt free and uh, probably by sometime February, March, the other two campuses will be debt free. Uh, you guys were the first debt free campus we had and we've just continued to move from there and uh, I love that feeling uh, that we don't owe anybody anything about what the Bible says but to love them. Uh, and so we're continuing to believe God. This past weekend, we had 2,501 people at Love and True Church at five campuses. So people got saved, lives were changed, baptisms took place. So just a lot of great things are taking place at Love and True Church, and you're a part of that. And uh, you see me every week up here on these screens but I don't get to see you back. So tonight, I get to look in your eyes and to see you, and some of you I get to meet for the first time. And so uh, if you've started coming to Love and Truth Church and I haven't met you, please come by tonight at some point, uh, preferably after I quit preaching. But uh, and let me meet you and get to know a little bit about you. But so good to see all of you tonight. And I'm glad to be here. I'm glad my mom's here tonight. And... Uh, And uh, with her is my probably a second mom. Uh, Sister Davis is with her tonight, and most of you know her through the years. And uh, she's helped raise me back in the day and helped raise several of us back through the years. And has been a great blessing to my mom in the past few months, especially on a 
thank her for that. So many of you have been so good in this season that we've been going through, and Mom, and I appreciate it. And uh, with all the running I do, sometimes I can't be with where I need to be, and you've been there. So thank you for that, for all of you who've done that. So I want to go in the Word. That'll be all right? You want to spend some time in the Word for a few minutes? Now, Sister Davis did send me a text and say, don't preach long. So compared to eternity, it'll be short. I got a note here. Am I supposed to read this note? Announcement. If you need contribution statement, mark connection card or call the office. That was laying on my Bible. I don't know. I don't know if that was from the Lord or from Julie in the office, but I read it. So I want to talk about commitment. We've been talking about commitment on Sundays, and I want to continue that tonight. I want to approach it from a totally different perspective than we've been doing. And uh, I want to talk to you tonight about the power of commitment, okay? The power of commitment. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing in the society that we live in. Uh, I mentioned it a few weeks ago. One, one of the things that, that I began to see a few years ago is when I'd drive through cities, uh, there would be this, these huge signs, uh, um, and it was advertising. Um, I couldn't say this because in Jackson because it goes on the air, but I can say it here. Uh, it was advertising Planet Fitness workout centers, and, uh, and it said in huge letters, no commitment. You ever been to the gym no commitment. Are you kidding me? But, but our society is so commitment phobic that, that we had, you know, the only way they thought they could get us in there was to tell us there was no commitment. And then we showed up and found out, wait a minute, there is a commitment if I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to do all these things. And so uh, as we've been kind of working that over the past few weeks on Sundays with you, I, I begin to remember in a passage of Scripture, actually a book in Scripture, and it's the book of Ruth. And so we're going to go there tonight. If you have your Bibles, you got the Word of God downloaded on something, fine. If not, I sent them my Scriptures earlier. Uh, but let me just kind of set this up because Ruth's, the, the story of Ruth is a really bittersweet story. Uh, if you read it, especially the first five verses of the book of Ruth are some of the worst Verses you can read in Scripture uh, because it starts off and uh, Naomi and her husband and their two sons are in Bethlehem. And, and the Word of God says uh, that they left Bethlehem to go to Moab. Now, let me, let me work with you a minute here, okay? So, so put your brains in gear for a second. Uh, Bethlehem means the house of bread, all right? But the, but the Scripture says there was no bread in Israel. So just follow this for a minute. There was no bread in the house of bread. Can, can, now, I, I like feedback. I know I don't know on Sunday, but today night I know. Okay, so give me some feedback here. All right? Now, now here, here's what we have to understand, that when people come to the house of bread, there better be some bread in the house. There better be something that we have drawn down from heaven because if not, what happens is people leave the house of bread. They left Bethlehem, the house of bread, and they went to Moab. And when you study what Moab is, Moab is the, the founder of the city of Moab was a man named Moab, and his daddy was Lot, but his mama was Lot's daughter. Did you, did you go quiet on me? All right. 
In other words, it's from an incestuous relationship that, that now we are leaving the, the call chosen place of God to go to a place that, that has, in fact, the, the word Moab means who's your daddy? Okay, it doesn't. It may, sorry, I just see if you're with me. Uh, it does mean, it, I mean, it does, because it, when you look it up, it means who's your father, but who's your daddy sounds better. So, so who's your daddy? So, so you leave in the house of bread to go to the place, and, and you understand now when you understand the background of why it's called that, who's your daddy? So, so the question, and so what we're doing is, is that we're leaving where God's presence is, where God's power is, where God's anointing is, and we're going to something that is less. It's, it's a lot like the church has been over the past 25 years, is that we have left what God was doing and what God was showing up in, and we've tried everything else trying to find out what's going on and what's happening, and what happens is, is that when you get to Moab, things die. Okay? So here's what happens. They take their two sons, and they go there, and the two sons get married to women from Moab, and within just a few years, the first son dies, the second son dies, daddy dies. When you get out of the house of bread, when you walk away from the place that God has put you in, and you go to something that looks good or sounds good, it will always produce death in the long run. So there has to be an understanding here that in this story that there comes a moment where Naomi wakes up and says, uh, it's time for me to do something. I need to get back to where I used to be. And if, if anything needs to happen, this is not the sermon, but I'm just going to give it to you for free, okay? Here's what we need to understand, that people are looking. We are now in a moment that people are looking for something that is real. All right? The, the, the government has failed them. Medi medical profession has failed them. The banks have failed them. Everything that we once held tight and thought, oh, that's our answer. And this, that's all gone away in the last three or four years. And people are saying, is there anything that is real? If the church, who is called by my name, will humble itself and pray and turn from its wicked ways, then God says, I'll hear from heaven, and then I'll heal their land. If we would get back to the place that God wants us to be, we couldn't keep the people out. Because God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But he's waiting for people who say, I'm tired of living in Moab. I'm tired of living in a place that, that has been something back here, but, but I haven't really got to the place that God has called me to be. And so what we're going to look at tonight is, is what true commitment brings and what the power of commitment is. Look, look in verse 6 and verse 7. It says, When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food to them, the King James Version says, by bringing bread to them. All right, so I thought that was interesting. So the house of bread now has bread again, okay? And it, and it says, uh, she and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. With her two daughter-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land 
of Judah. Now, here's the first thing about the power of commitment. Commitment will break the chains of the past. Did you hear me? All right? Those things which have held us in bondage, those things which have held us down, those things which have kept us from moving into everything that God has, in the moment that we say, listen, I'm tired of this. I don't want to live here anymore. I don't want to continue to do this anymore. I, I'm, I'm going to make a commitment. And as she makes a commitment, it impacts her two daughter-in-laws who also make a commitment in this moment. He, here's the deal that we need to understand. My life doesn't just impact me. My life impacts those who are around me, my family, my friends, my coworkers. It, there's, there's always repercussions in how I live life. The, the Word of God says that a little bit later that, that Naomi, when she gets back uh, to Bethlehem, uh, she said, don't call me Naomi anymore, but call me bitterness, because she said, I went out full, but I have come back empty. See, when you leave where God has placed you, Can I just talk about church hopping for a minute? No, I'll leave that alone. When, when God says, this is the house of bread, but you hear they got a better this or a louder that or a more of this or this or the other, and you say, I, I don't think I want to be there anymore, and I think I'll just go over there, then what happens is, is that you go out full, but you'll come back empty. See, I've, I've pastored long enough to watch people cycle through the churches that I've pastored. And they come for a while, and God blesses them, and great things start happening. And then they decide, well, I think I want to go here, and I want to go there. And, and I'm always kind. I always have been. I mean, about this. I'm not kind about everything, but I'm kind about this. And I just always, I say, you know, God bless you. I bless you coming in. I'll bless you going out. Some of you I'd like to bless out, but I won't. I'll just bless you as you go out. And, and, and it's, it's been interesting to me. I'm, I'm, we're in a season right now in Jackson that I'm looking up, and people who, used to, who came 10 years ago, people who started with me 20 years ago in Jackson. I'm looking up, and all of a sudden, I see them. They're, they're sitting back there, and there's another family over in there, and there's another family. And, I, and I'm going, God, what are you doing? And then I get a prophetic word from, from a woman who has cancer who hasn't even been to church in over a year, but she sends a prophetic word to the church, and she said, tell pastor uh, that God says uh, that he's in a welcome home season for you, and even people that started out with you at the Holiday Inn are going to start coming back to the house. And I just said, praise God, I receive it. I just, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do, and God's going to do what he's supposed to do. Amen? And, and, and so here's what I know. Whatever it is that has kept you in your past, it will take commitment to release you to your future. All right? And, and so we, we look around complaining and talking and say, oh, this, this, this. No, no, no. We, we've got to come to that place of saying, wait a minute. I, I, have, I, I have been in the wrong place, and it's time for me to get back to the presence of God, to the house of God, to the place of God. And when I make that determination, then things begin to happen. Let's hurry. Verse 15 says this. We'll jump around a little bit. Verse 15, it says, Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods, plural, go back with her. Here's the second thing about commitment. Commitment will destroy your idols. Now, 
now, Americans, we, we don't set idols up. I mean, if you go to the Chinese restaurant, you see one sometimes. But, but, but just in your, we, I, I haven't been in, in a lot of your homes, but I've been in some of your homes. I've never walked in and go, oh, there's, there's Buddha sitting there in the corner. Or there's, you know, Krishna over here. We, we don't do that, but you know what we do? We got other idols. Uh-oh, that quarterback's an idol. That football game you, you miss church for is an idol. Uh-oh. That, that, that traveling ball that you, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm the man. But see, I'm going home, and I, I don't have to see you this weekend. You, you'll come, and you look at the screen, see? See, we, we make idols out of things. Your, your job can become your idol. Do you know what? Your family can become your idol. I've had people who go into ministry with me, and, and then they start saying, well, it's costing me too much. I, you're, you're asking me to give too much, and I, I'm going, well, I'm, I just want you to show up and work and go to church, and your family show up and go to church with you, and they go, well, that's just too much for us, and I go, that's an idol. That, that's an idol. That, that, that family, when your family supersedes your relationship with God, that's an idol. It's interesting that she, that she says, go back with your sister-in-law because she's going back and she is going back to her gods. In, in other words, there had been something that happened. Now, watch this. These were Israelites. These were people who served the one true living God. The Word of God says that they had gotten so caught up in the culture, evidently, that they also evidently had participated in idolatry while they were in Moab. See, it, it doesn't... Boy, y'all are giving me some looks. This really is a good sermon. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good, I promise. It's, it's interesting. How it doesn't take a whole lot of leaven, the Scripture says, to leaven the whole lump. It doesn't take a whole lot of carnality to take away from your spirituality. It doesn't take a whole lot of worldliness to destroy your godliness. And when that happens, what we're doing is, is that we are serving idols because all that an idol is is anything that I put before the Lord. Doesn't matter what it is. Can I even say that? You, you can put serving God before God. Right? You may, you may prove it to you. i got scripture for it. There, there's a day Jesus is ministering, and, and he's in the home of, of Lazarus, and, and, and Mary and Martha, and, and this whole thing's going on. And, and, um, and she, Mary just sits down and says, teach me, pour it out. And, and Martha comes in and says, tell her to come help me. Right? You read the scripture? Tell her, come help me. And the, and the word of God says that, in, that Jesus looked at Martha and said, you are running around serving me. Okay, I'm paraphrasing. You're serving God, but you're missing out on the best thing. Because Mary has chosen the best thing, and that is fellowshipping with me. See, you can do, I'll get off of this, I promise. You can do religious activity, and it looks to everybody else like you're really in love with God, but really all it is is an idol because it makes you look good before people. And the Word of God says that anything that I do, that I do so that others will praise me, I'm in trouble. 
and I've created an idol in my life. And so commitment will destroy those idols in your life. A couple of three more, all right? Verse 16 and 17. But Ruth replied, and, and this is that passage we read in weddings, and it has nothing to do with weddings, right? Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Here's the third thing in the power of commitment. Commitment will launch your future. She said, watch this. I have been a Moabite. I have been one who is a heathen. I have been one who does not know the true and the living God. And she says, but I see something in you, even though you came in full and went out in. I see there's something different. Can, can I just say this to you? When, when you really get saved, when the power of the Holy Spirit fills your life, you can go out there and play a fool if you want to, but there's still the residue of the Holy Ghost on you. There's no, I've said this before. There's nothing worse than a drunk Christian. And you, you go to the bar and you're hanging out and, and you don't want anybody to know. And you get drunk enough, you'll start preaching. I want to tell you, oh man, the last time I went to church. And you, you make the whole bar upset because you can't just walk away from the presence of God. Because even though Naomi has lost everything, everybody's died, everything she had is gone, she is still a child of Jehovah. She is still a child of God Almighty. And she can't get that completely off of her. And because of that, this, this woman who is a heathen, this woman who has no relationship with God, says there's something about you, and I'm going to follow you from this point on. Wherever you go, I'm going. Whatever you do, I'm doing, and I'm going to die, and if I don't die, I'm going everywhere you're going. Now, that, that is, we, we, we got to come to this place of understanding. We've got to sell out to receive what our future is. Now, don't miss it, all right? You, you say, what are you saying? Get this. God has a destiny for your life. Do you believe that? We, we love quoting this passage. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans for a future. Plans for success. Yeah, but you know what? It's up to you whether or not you get those. God has those for you. But it's my choice whether or not I'm going to receive them. I have got to make a commitment to get what it is that God has for my life. If I don't make a commitment to the things of God, if I don't say, wait a minute, I'm going to turn my back on the past and I'm going to turn my future over to God, then I'm never, ever going to fully reach my destiny. See, the, 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 the greatest place of potential that's in all of Hardin and McNary County is not at the bank or at the school. It's at the graveyard because people died with potential still in them. 
People died with dreams unrealized. People died before they accomplished what it was that God wanted them to accomplish. Now, I'm the guy who says, let's dream crazy stuff. Let's believe God for do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of the Holy Ghost that's working with inside of us, and let's die. But when we die, let there be nothing left inside of us. Amen? Anybody? I mean, I, I, I don't want to be that guy who, you know, at whatever point I quit doing what I'm doing now, that I go, man, I wish. I, I don't want to be an I, I wish kind of person. I want to be able to say, I, I did it. I, I did it. I did what God called me to do. I lived out my destiny. I lived. The, the apostle Paul said it. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And he said, now there's a crown that's laid up for me. And he said, oh, yeah, and by the way, it's not just for me only. He said, it's for all of us who are pursuing and going out. And we're saying we will not stay in the past any longer. Listen to me. I I tell you this often, but i got to tell it to you again. You can change your history. People say, you can't change your history. Yes, you can. What you do today changes your history. If you've been a failure, you can become a success today. If you've been a sinner, you can become a saint today. If you've been a lousy father or mother, you can become a great father or mother today, and you can live that out, and you will change your history. And people will not look back at you and say, oh, they were this, this, and this. People will look back at your life and say, look what they did. Look what they accomplished. I'm, I'm tired of so many people. i got to hurry because Sister Davis is going to leave. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I've got to the place in my life that I am sick and tired of excuses. All right? Don't give me your excuses. Don't tell me why you can't. Because for every person that tells me why they can't, there's 10 people beside them doing it. Amen? About anything, people. Well, I just didn't get the brakes. No, no, no. Commitment launches your future. That's, that's where the brakes come in. That's the, well, you know, I, I could have been somebody great for God, but are you kidding me? Well, I could have pastored a great church, but nobody would elect me. Are you kidding me? I took a church with 35 people. And 90% of them were 65 and older. And I was 25, and I was dumb enough to think I could do it. See, you, you, you just got to make a commitment. We just say, and, and I don't think we come to that point where we're going, I'm not doing this anymore. No, no, I, I'm still, I, I just turned 64. I don't mind telling you, I just turned 64. I, I'm still believing for greater things. I'm still believing for answers that I've prayed about for years. I still hold on to some promises that I know that God gave me and I have not seen come to pass yet, and I refuse to die before I see them. So you make a commitment to the future. Let's, let me give you, we'll do more. I'll, I'll calm down. Look in Ruth chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Now, now what you have to understand, they go back. Let me say this to you before I get into this. Just because you go back to where God wants you to be doesn't mean it's going to be easy. All right? Well, I had a dream. I had a vision. Brother so-and-so spoke to me. Big deal. 
In fact, I'll tell you something. Every time, once, once I got around prophetic ministries, um, I, I would love, I would love for them to talk to me. I'd tell me, tell me, and they, they tell me stuff. And, and for the first few years, I just thought it was great. Y'all okay? I thought, oh, praise God, the prophet called me out and told me. You know what I found out? Is every time they told me something good, all hell broke loose first. Every time. It was like World War 29 happening every time I got one of those good words. Finally, I said, would you guys quit telling me good stuff? I, I don't need any more. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm fine. Leave me alone. All right? I mean, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but, but what I'm saying is just because you're believing God, just because you know God spoke to you does not mean it's going to get easy. So let's read. Verse 2 says, And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Hmm. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Here's the fourth thing about commitment. Commitment puts you in the right place at the right time. Now, we, we live in a society we don't understand this passage really unless you've done some research about it. Here, here's what would happen. The, the, usually men, the men would go out in the morning with, with their sickles and, and all the things, and they would go through the fields, and they would cut the wheat down. And then there would be women usually behind them who would come along, and they would pick up all the sheaves of grain, and they would take them off. Well, when that is happening, th- there are little seeds that are falling to the ground because they can't capture everything. And so tradition of the Israelites were whatever falls on the ground, the poor people can have. So Naomi is destitute. Ruth has come back with her. They don't have anything. And so Ruth is saying to her, listen, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out tomorrow, and, and I'm just going to pick up after everybody else has gone through. I'm going to take the leftovers. Now, see, some of us think we're too good to do that. Right? Come on, I'm a, I, I, I love millennials, kind of. Uh, but but I, I just get, I get tired when I, when I go to hire a new staff member that all they want to talk about is how much they're going to make, how much insurance they're going to get, how many days off they're going to have, et cetera, et cetera. And, and never one time talked to me about the call of God. And I just don't hire them. I'm just not going to hire you. If that's your thought about what ministry is, then you don't need to be part of what we're doing. We, we'll get somebody else who, who says, I'll go out tomorrow. In fact, the Scripture says it this way. It would take her all day long to gather enough grain to make one loaf of bread. But you know what happens? When you make a commitment, God will take you in the right place at the right time. And again, there's a guy named Boaz who is going to change her world. See, what is it in your life that God is saying, if you would just go ahead and sell out to the kingdom, 
if you would go ahead and say, I'm not just going to play at this Christianity thing anymore. I, I know I've been in, I've been out, I've been hot, I've been cold, I've been up, I've been down, I've been all these things. But you know what? I've come to a point in my life that I'm ready to sell out to Jesus. And, and that's all the Lord's waiting on for us. Listen to me. That's all he's waiting on is for you to make that commitment and say, Lord, I'm selling out to you. And, and then God just has a way of putting you in the right place at the right time for the right person to come along. Because the next thing is this. Look in verse number 10. It says, after this, she bowed down with her face to the ground, and she's talking to Boaz, and she asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Here's the last thing about commitment. Commitment will produce favor. Everybody wants favor. There's, there's no, if you don't want favor, it's because you don't understand it. And, and we've used the term, and it's not good grammar, but I'm going to use it again tonight anyway. Favor ain't fair. Favor's not fair. You're going to look, you look at somebody and be like, well, why'd they get, ah, it's favor. And, and the greatest story I know to use about this is one that you've heard me talk about if you've been around any, and, and that is uh, a guy named Dr. Oz. We all know Dr. Oz. We've all, you know, we know he just ran for office, has nothing to do with that, all right? But nobody had heard of Dr. Oz before a woman named Oprah had favor on him and brought him on her television show and then because she had, wasn't fair, how many other doctors are out there that have the same skill, have the same talent, have the same ability as Dr. Ozda, but Oprah had favor. And in that moment, it changed his world. Dr. Phil, same thing, changed his world. But watch, if you go back and look at both of their lives, they weren't sitting around saying, well, one day Oprah's going to come along. No, no, no. They were out doing what they should have been doing day in, day out, and then all of a sudden everything lined up right place, right time, and favor comes. What is it that God could do with you and for you if you really got committed to him. If you just said, I'm going to make the Lord the number one priority. I'm going to make him the commitment of my life. You would be surprised what God would do. See, if, if you were to understand, and I, I had to be careful, I, I, didn't, I didn't know everything about tonight that I know now, but if, if you were to have looked at my life, you would not have picked me out to be doing what I'm doing. Let's just leave it at that. And there's, there's enough tracks in Hardin County of my life to say he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. Okay? But there came a moment in my life that I said, no, I'm making a commitment. And I don't know what that commitment is going to cost. I don't know what I'm going to have to do. But it's not about me anymore. It's about him. Because I don't like crowds. I don't like public speaking. Some days I don't even like people. Okay? But God said, this is what I want you to do. And, and I, I've tried to bargain with the Lord. I really did. I, I went to Bible college here, and I got married after my first year there. And, and uh, I, uh, I, I can remember 
and we were, I was like two months out of before graduation. And listen to me, okay? And, and Sherry looked at me and said, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I said, I don't know, but I don't want to be a preacher. I mean, I'd, I'd gone to Bible college, learned to be a preacher. And I said, I don't know, but I don't want to be a preacher. But there, there came that moment where God said, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. People say all the time, well, well God, God doesn't call you to do things that you're not suited for. Let me help you. That's baloney. All right? If we weren't in church, I might have some other words for you, but that is pure baloney. All right? Because God will push you out of your comfort zone. But if you will allow God to take you out of your comfort zone, Watch what happens. Boaz comes along and he marries this girl called Ruth. She's a Moabite. She's a nobody. But all of a sudden you see there's a birth. There's another birth. There's another birth. Oh, that birth brings a guy along that we named David who becomes king and then we just keep going and if you go home tonight and take the book of Matthew and begin to read the first chapter you'll find and so and so begets 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 so and so and Ruth begat and so and so and so and so and so and so and then it will say in Jesus because of commitment a woman who has no right to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ God reaches across his own because he said I've come to the Jews but God violates do you hear me God violates the wholeness of the Old Testament to reach across because there was a woman who made a commitment and God said I see that commitment can, can I just say this stand up with me can I just say this to you what would happen in 2023 in Love and Truth Church Savannah if some of you would just say this is my year to sell out. This is my year to make my commitment. This is my year to do what I've never done before, and that is to radically give myself to God. Could it be that God could reach across everybody else, and even though you may be the most unlikely one to spark a revival in this church, that God reaches past everybody else with talent and abilities and prettiness and handsomeness and all the things that man looks at. And God says, no, 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 I see something in your heart. And he says, there's a commitment I see inside of you. And he reaches all the way across 
the destiny of so many people and he puts his hand on you and he says I'm going to do something special in you and through you because of commitment who is it? I don't know it might be you it might be you it might be you it might be somebody back there I don't know see it doesn't take everybody it just takes somebody to say I'm tired of just going through the motions I'm tired of just living life in just a mundane way I'm ready to make a commitment to God that's beyond anything that man will understand is there anybody anybody just Anybody join me in that journey? Anybody? Just say, I, I want to get there. I want to be that kind of person. I want to have something that man didn't give me and man can't take it away. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.